live in right now. So let's pray, shall we? Father God, I want to thank you for the opportunity of celebrating together with family and friends this Christmas Eve. It's a great time to come together. And just this week, Lord, I bump into some friends from my days down at St. Bart's at Mount Cravat. And we talked about all the good fun times of Christmas Eve. And at St. Bart's, they used to run an 11.30 service at night time. So we'd be there in the morning and say, Merry Christmas. Uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. It was such a good time. But Father, we come together tonight to celebrate your goodness and grace to each and every one of us. But also we celebrate what this all means about Jesus coming. The greatest gift given to mankind and given to us. And we pray that you would speak to us in your precious son's name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, I want to start with something a little bit different than your atypical um, Christmas verses. Many of you, if you've been going to church through December, have seen a lot of the verses from the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. Well, I'm going to share with you a little bit further into the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 11. It says this, So if you, sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children. Who here knows how to give good gifts to your children? Come on, I'm sure you know how to give good gifts to your children. I'm sure you guys have been getting out there and and buying good gifts for your children. We interviewed some people who are giving some good gifts tomorrow. It's part of Christmas. We don't just go out and find any old thing and say, there you go, Merry Christmas. We think about it. We go, what is a good gift to give to people? So as people, we know how to give good gifts. It's true. As a young boy, I loved Christmas. It was so good, so good. One year, my mum and my dad gave me and my two younger brothers a three and a half to four metre scale electric track by two metres. It was massive. We only had one car, but we had two car garage, and so it took up the whole other car garage section. And it was massive. It was all made. And, and when I cleaned up my mum's house, I found my old scale electric racing car. Now, it's a little bit worn. It got smashed a few times. Richie was telling um, me tonight how these actually were supposed to work. Uh, apparently, you had the controller and you'd slow down around the corners and then speed up down the straight. We just went... <coughs> as fast as we could, as long as we could, through everything. And uh, hence, um, we had some beautiful uh, ramps made on ours, and so we had some corners at like 50 degrees. And so if we hit them at speed, these things would fly through the air. And it got a little broken. We also tinkered with it. We pretended we were electricians and, and thought we could twink with the motor to go faster. We'd put metho on the track... So it had slide faster, and, um, but it was a great present. Like, I still remember to this day going down there and them opening the garage door, and here was this massive scale electric car track, and all the kids came around the street, and we would race those cars forever and ever and ever. Another Christmas was, um, again, Mum and Dad would drag us downstairs, and they'd open the garage door, and here was a ping-pong table, a table tennis table. And it was used so much. Us brothers played it morning, noon and night. 
And we just longed for the day the dad would work a shift because he was a male nurse at Greenslopes Repat Hospital. He would work a shift that he would come down and play with us as well. He was okay, but it was just the fact that dad was playing with us. We weren't too worried about mum playing with us. Um, her sporting skills weren't real good. She played a game called Vigoro. Right. We played cricket. Vigoro. Anyway, she wasn't very good at table tennis, but uh, this gift was so good. And again, the kids from all around the street would come to the Johnson's house and we would play table tennis. The only really bad thing with that is that that was right underneath my dad's bedroom. And if he was doing shift work, (laughs) we'd be playing table tennis. And uh, there was never any fighting over who won or lost. But parents know how to give good gifts. So you get the point? We know how to give good gifts. This is what the Bible continues to say. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Those who ask him. What is it that you need God to do in and through your life? You've got a good, good Father, a heavenly Father who wants to bring about good gifts If you want to know his record about a God who gives good gifts, let's go back to the greatest gift ever given, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only one son, that whoever might believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. So this is the greatest gift. And we need this gift, don't we? You, me, this world needs this gift. For we all are sinful people. Amen? We're all broken. We've all got things that have gone wrong. Even on our best days, we get it wrong. All right? I had a beautiful day yesterday. Beautiful day. I had to do a wedding up at Mullaney. I got to work with Art and Dot's son, Stephen. And we tag-teamed the wedding for this beautiful young couple. It was a gorgeous place. It was a gorgeous afternoon. And I'd gone up the day before to do the practice. And and it only took me 25 minutes to 30 minutes to get up there. So the wedding was at 4 o'clock. So I left at 5 past 3. I get to the lights at Nicollin Way. And I hit my car computer thingy. And and it says, estimated time of arrival, 10 to 4. Now, if you know me at all, getting there at 10 to 4 raises the stress level a lot. And so I'm going, right, i got to do some speed racer stuff here. So I'm driving. And, and for those of you that were in church a number of weeks ago, I told this story about a guy called Joseph driving a car. Well, I copped 20 Josephs yesterday afternoon. They were all doing 70 in a 90 zone. And I couldn't get past them. And when we were going up Mullaney Hill, I was behind this old ute And he's sitting on like 60 kilometres an hour going up the hill. And I've got my little turbo sitting there going, come on, baby, let's go. And I'm going, yeah, baby, I want to let you out. But this guy won't let me and I can't pass him. And then he pulls over into the passing lane. And guess what? Don't you love it when this happens? He goes from 60 kilometres an hour to 100 kilometres an hour in the passing lane. I had to go 101 to pass him. My goodness. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. 
For God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Why does God want to give us this gift? Why does God want us to have eternal life? Why does God want us to know that Jesus is his son, his one and only son, and if we would believe in him, we could have eternal life and we would not have condemnation? Why does God care about this for you and for me? Well, he loves you. You're his son. You're his daughter. He loves you. And he wants the very, very best for your life. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came to save us. I need saving. This world needs saving. You don't have to watch the news to realize this world needs saving. It needs a savior. It needs a redeemer. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. How many know this one? For the wages of sin is death. That eternal separation from God the Father. God doesn't want us to be in that place of eternal separation from him. He wants us to be able to be in relationship with him so he does everything that is physically, spiritually possible that we might come into that place and that time. He builds the bridge. He sends the Redeemer. He sets us free. Now, how many of you have got that gift? Can you grab that gift? Let's put it in your hand. If, you, if you're one between two, maybe hold the other person's hand. Now, this is symbolism of a Jesus, the, the greatest gift, the greatest gift ever given to us. It's just a, a little gift, but it means so much. You see, the gift that Jesus gave us is beyond value. Amen? It's beyond value. The gift that Jesus gave us will never wear out. Amen? You can't break it. You can't lose it. And, and, and here's the real kicker. I never thought of this gift before. But you can re-gift it. Do you know that? The gift of God's love and grace to you, you can re-gift that to someone else. And here's my challenge. Now, I know lots of people don't like it when the pastor gives you a challenge. Because that way you either have to go, okay, I'll do it, and then feel bad when you don't do it. Or you sit there and go, I don't like it when you ask me a challenge. I don't want to do it. That means I need to get out of my comfort zone. But anyway, I'm going to challenge you anyway. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. This gift that you've got, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about what you could do with that gift in sharing it to someone else, remembering that it's about Jesus. Is there someone in your life that you could give that gift to so they could know Jesus? You see, this week, Cynthia and I got to do some dropping off of hampers. Now, there's one lady in our church that whenever we drop off a hamper to her, we always drop off two hampers. You know why? Because the first time I ever did this to her, She's, she's in a, a, a wheelchair, remote control wheelchair thing. And she used to live just up here, about two Ks. And she came to church one Christmas and we gave her a hamper. By the time I got home from church, she said, Oh, Pastor Donnie, it is so good. I've already given away half of that hamper that you gave me. 
She'd already given it away. So now we give her two hampers, one that she can keep and one she can give away. And before we left that day, she was talking to her carers and she already knew who they were going to give the gift, the hamper to, to be the blessing. So my challenge to you is we get to get this amazing gift from God. We get it. We get it, yeah, amen, you get it. But you can re-gift it to other people. So I want us to pray right now. As you hold that little gift, it's only symbolic, but who would you give Jesus to this Christmas? Who would you like to pray for this Christmas that they too might know God's grace? They too might know God's love. They might too know that they don't have to be broken and hurting. They can know the greatest gift given to all mankind. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these precious gifts. I thank you for the greatest gift of all, your love in sending your son that each of us may know eternal life, no forgiveness, no healing, and be set free. But Father, each of us know family and friends that don't know you. And so this Christmas, may we be thoughtful, contemplative, and giving a gift with eternal consequences this Christmas, the greatest gift. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Now, I'm going to, there's, there's a whole bunch of these little gifts here. So if you have now grabbed hold of that challenge and go, yeah, I like that challenge, Donnie, so I am going to do that, but I've only got one gift or our family's only got one gift, then please, at the end, come and grab those gifts. Take them, all of them. Um, you may meet with family and friends tomorrow. Um, Brendan, can I have the lights killed, please? I want to finish with this one last example. All right. Thanks, Richie. All right. In, in the darkness, one light can make such a difference. Amen? Amen. And each of us has that light in us, the light of Christ. Now, for all of you that have those little shaker things, the, uh, the light globes, hold them up high like I'm holding this up. All right? Look at that. The light of Christ this Christmas impacting our community. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? It's only symbolic, but wouldn't it be pretty cool? You can say, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be pretty cool? My wife and I have been very reflective the last two days. My wife and I did Bible college, and she hates when I tell stories about her. <laughs> when we did Bible college, um, one of the things, we used to go up to Mount Cuthar and pray. <clears throat> and, and one night we were up there, and we were looking out over the city. It's a beautiful view of the city. And I looked at all the lights and she's looking at it, and it's just such a beautiful sight. And I came out with this line. See all those lights? What if every one of those lights represents someone that doesn't know Jesus? There was just so many lights. In this room tonight, 
we could have all those lights representing people who know Jesus and we could be about God's work in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces. So this Christmas, be Christ present and be Christ's light. Amen. Thank you, Richie and the team. I'll let you come back. Thanks, Donnie. Coming to our last set of songs now. And just following on from what Donnie was saying, here we are 2,000 years later. What is our response to 